Good evening. On tonight's program, there's uh, nobody but me. You know what that means. That means it's time for solo sex here tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. I am Maureen McGrath. I am your host. I'm a registered nurse. I'm in clinical practice, so you can always come over to one of my clinics and see me there for one of your sexuality, intimacy, relationship, bladder, bowel, pelvic floor issues. I'm happy to assist you. But you know, there's lots of education that is done on this program and also through some of my social media links like my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. You can always follow me on Twitter. I educate there as well at back the number two, the bedroom. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. So do connect with me. I don't turn anybody down, but I may disconnect you if you are inappropriate. So one inappropriate word out of your mouth and you are unfriended or delinked, as I say. Delink them. Uh, you know, sometimes in life, we're talking about love here a lot tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. And sometimes in life, you think it's never going to happen. And then out of the blue, when you least expect it, you meet somebody in your life who has immeasurable charm, incredible wit. There's just something about them. They have a twinkle in their eye, a spring in their step, and you connect with them. And you know that they know that as well. You may be at a time in your life or a station in your life when this shouldn't be. Or you don't know what to do with it. You just know that those neurotransmitters have connected and that there's something special about that person and they know that about you as well. Sometimes that may occur when you're in another relationship. And infidelity is one of the most common practices in the world today yet it is one of the biggest taboos. Also, in today's world of social media, it's easier than ever to cheat, but it's also easier than ever to get caught. You may have one mind or another about infidelity, but I'll tell you this, it does occur. I have talked about Ashley Madison here on the show and at lots of presentations, basically just to inform you, I am not pro-infidelity, but some people may take it that way. But I just want to remind everybody, I'm trying to give options out there, options for people. We're not all perfect human beings in a perfect couple at a perfect time in our life that never ask the question, is this all there is? So I'm just informing you and advising you. If you take that as condoning behavior, well, that's your problem. I'm trying to give informed consent, basically, or uh, provide you with all of the options out there for you. But I was really interested this week in a TED Talk that I viewed by Esther Perel, who is a sex researcher, an internationally known sex researcher. And it's called Rethinking Infidelity. And it's for those of you who have ever loved. And who has not loved, quite frankly? I think we all have loved. But it really explains infidelity in a way that you may never have thought. So may I suggest you go to TED Talks and you Google Esther Perel because I think your mind will be forever changed. Because sometimes people come along when you least expect it. You may be the type that never, ever thought you would do that. And then something happens, and that desire overcomes you. So it's interesting. Have a look at that. Tonight on the program, I'm going to be talking about some ways that sugar kills your libido. You know, there's a lot that kills your libido. And you wouldn't think something so sweet could be so deadly. But yes, in fact, it is. 
Also, last week I touched upon, and this is related to infidelity, sociosexuality. Sociosexuality is people who are okay with going outside of their relationship. This is a topic we're all talking about today. It used to be thought that only men cheated, that only men purchased the services of escorts and sex workers. That number has tripled for male escorts. Women today who are so busy that they are too busy to be in a committed relationship are purchasing boyfriends, boyfriend sex, massages. They're going to escorts more than they ever have before. And there's a research study out of England that provides some evidence for that. So that's something to think about. Men and women are changing, and the way we live our lives and the way we are in relationships is changing as well. And we're trying to keep up with all those changes here tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show and every Sunday night as well when I come to you every Sunday night about that. Also last week, I touched upon BDSM. And so it's it's really a way to look at different ways to practice sex and have a little bit more fun in the bedroom. But you may not know how to go about introducing sex toys or other play, drama, dress up, or BDSM in your bedroom. So tonight I am going to explain to you a comfortable and easy way in which you may be able to talk to your partner about this, bring up the subject, Realize you may need just a little bit more excitement in your bedroom to sustain that relationship, but how do you do it? Do you bring it all on at once, or is it one of one at a time for you? Know thyself is one of the best adages out there. Know what you're comfortable with. Know how you feel about certain practices, about relationships, and about your own sexual practices and your own sexual comfort. So BDSM is really important when you want to decide to bring it in to your relationship. Also judgment. I talk a lot about that. I had a patient this week who was around 50 years old and her daughter was 21 years old. And she was in a relationship with a man who was 26 years her senior. So the man was 47 years old, kissing 50, close to the mother's age. And the mother had a big problem with this. And she fought against it and fought against it and fought against it. And I said to the mother, there's no accounting for love and lust. You may choose somebody else for your daughter, but that means your daughter has to go home at night, perhaps with somebody that she's not in love with, perhaps somebody she's not physically attracted to. There's something to be said for allowing people to make their own choices in their relationship in life. You don't know what is best for your children in terms of relationships necessarily. I did suggest to this woman that she back off and that daughter may be able to make a better decision because there were some issues in that relationship. The mom felt the boyfriend was controlling. The mom felt he was abusive. He would cry very easily. I suggested perhaps that's a sign of narcissists. And she said, oh, he's totally narcissistic. But if she steps back and allows her daughter to make her own decision, then her daughter isn't fighting against her. It's human nature to say to somebody, no, I will prove you wrong. You tell me this is not good for me, I'll tell you that it is. But if we step back and we don't judge people, then we allow them to make their own decisions. And I think if you're thinking right now that you want to fix somebody up, 
one of your children or a friend or, or you want somebody to stay together for whatever reason, think again. Let people make their own decisions and support them in the best way that you can, judgment-free. No judgment, no shame is what I say. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects, diet and exercise and why those donuts will decrease your sexual desire. I am Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. I am your host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women and everyone in between about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Uh, One thing I did want to mention before I go on, because this subject uh, is sugar and libido, but you know, sugar is also bad for your bladder. And I am reminded of that because I spoke this week at the Third International Autonomic Symposium over at the Bless and Spine Center. Dr. Krasiakoff is the esteemed researcher and clinician and physiatrist who put that on, and we had international speakers from all over. But you may not think that sugar is bad for bladder health, but it is. It actually will irritate your bladder and make you want to go to the bathroom more frequently. To that end, at the Autonomic Symposium, Bladder Health BC was launched, and it is an educational and awareness-raising and advocacy not-for-profit organization to raise awareness about this less-than-sexy subject, all of the subjects actually related to bladder health, like urinary tract infection, overactive bladder, vaginal health, nobody really likes when I talk about that, but it's really important, prostate health, and bladder cancer. So these are things that affect people's quality of life. It can happen at any age. In your lifetime, it can happen after a urinary tract infection, during pregnancy, with prostate issues, vaginal health issues, lower estrogen receptors in your urethra and vagina. The term is actually urogenital atrophy. can cause you to be irritated there, have painful sex, have frequency, urgency. So, but who wants to talk about that? You don't want to go to dinner and sit down and say, excuse me, i got to go to the bathroom. I've just leaked uh, urine. Anyway, but... This organization hopefully will help to raise awareness and uh, provide increased treatment options, especially for British Columbians, so that we match the other provinces across the country who have better medication choices. Because as people age and have bladder problems, they actually require more medications. And the only medication that is covered here in British Columbia is the oldest one that causes significant dry mouth, constipation, and also crosses the blood-brain barrier. They cover it because it's cheap. But, you know, people have to take it four times a day. So if people are in long-term care facilities, that means staff has to come in and give the medication. It costs a lot more, and it's not the best medication for patients. There's a lot more newer medications that have a reduced side effect profile uh, that are available today. And uh, so one of the campaigns is itsurgent.ca, www.itsurgent.ca. So if you want to go to Bladder Health BC, which is bhbc.co, you can learn a lot more about that. And there are lots of treatment options, conservative measures. And when we implement conservative measures in life, they are so powerful. I'm going to be talking later about how just explaining why eating a plant-based diet is so helpful to your the cells of your arteries and why that is associated with vasodilation, lower blood pressure, and better health and blood flow because sex is all about blood flow. Anyway, I digress. We're getting a little scientific here, but that's okay. I know you can handle it because you can handle me, I'm sure. 
Uh, but anyway, back to sugar. Sh- I love sugar. Who doesn't love sugar? <laughs> Sugar's everywhere, and sugar is deadly. Sugar is an addictive substance. And sugar is related to low sexual desire, but you wouldn't think that. According to the most recent Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5 2013, which is the American Psychiatric Association's classification and diagnostic tool, lack of desire or reduced female sexual interest or decreased arousal, so an arousal disorder, and all of the related anxiety that it causes is the most common of women's sexual complaints. Does that surprise anybody? I don't think so. But keep thinking about blood flow too and about when you eat so much sugar, how awful you feel. And I'm going to explain to you why. This hypoactive sexual desire or low female sexual interest can include sexual desire or loss of sexual desire that causes distress, lack of interest, the inability to achieve orgasm or experience orgasm, which was once easy to do. And keep in mind, only a third of women ever experience orgasm. Some women don't even know if they have experienced orgasm or not, which is a real shame because if you have, I think you might know because it is the most pleasurable thing about life. (laughs) women. I'm a bit biased, of course. I do host a sex show, keep in mind. Um, And also having sex, having great sex, having orgasm, experiencing orgasm is one way to increase vitality and health. So how is it that sugar uh, is related to low sexual desire in women? And you may just think that this low sexual desire is only for older women, but That is not true because some of the evidence shows that young women are just as susceptible to the crippling lack of desire. I see so many patients. I see 22-year-old women who say they have low sexual desire. 25-year-old women who have low sexual desire have sex four or five times a year. They get a sexually transmitted infection, which is what maybe has brought them to see me. A broad study of 31,000 females in the U.S., 18 and older, that was published in 2008 in the Obstetrics and Gynecology gynecology magazine found about 43% of women reported sexual problems. The lack of desire causes distress and anxiety, and it's also tied to depression. So this is a really important health subject, and it can be related to what you put in your mouth, if you know what I'm saying. Sugar is one of the top foods that affects our libido, and that affects it emotionally and physically. And who doesn't think, okay, I had a bad day, I'm just going to eat these four donuts, or I'm going to eat these 12 cupcakes. (laughs) Um, And you think you feel good at the time when you're eating them because they taste so good and you're craving them. But the more we rely on sugar as our main source of physical pleasure, the less we will get physical pleasure from our intimate relationships. So what is it that destroys your desire? Well, sugar, for one, kills testosterone. So testosterone is important for women's sexuality as well. Women have small amounts of testosterone, not as much as men. Insulin resistance caused by a diet high in those refined carbs like white flour, sugar, alcohol, drives down testosterone not only in men but also in women. And so sex drive and sexual function, if you want to think about it in a way that uh, erectile dysfunction of the clitoris, because 
The clitoris is also dependent upon blood flow. So erectile dysfunction does not just impact the penis, it also will impact the clitoris. So that takes a hit when blood sugar levels are high. Also, sugar saps your energy. So those high glycemic carbs spike your blood sugar. So your blood sugar soars, then you have to produce, your pancreas has to produce more insulin. So there's an overproduction of insulin to bring your blood sugar back down. What does that result in? This roller coaster of high and lows, blood sugar's up, blood sugar's down. And when that happens, you get tired. Fatigue is one of the number one reasons for low sexual desire in women. I don't think it ever happens to men. But anyway, I digress. Don't email me telling me I don't like men. Um, Anyway, but a big pasta dinner, for example, big carb dinner with a couple of glasses of wine will knock you right out of the mood. So keep that in mind. A lot of people eat Italian because it's cheap, but uh, I say go for the uh, top of the line. High sugar consumption leads to a decrease in orexin, which is a neurotransmitter that regulates arousal and wakefulness. And so that when orexin decreases, you become tired as well. And that is also a contributing factor to snoring instead of shagging. Anyway, so it's going to put you to sleep. So you've got to keep in mind, sugar, although you think it's going to give me energy, it's not. It's actually ultimately going to make you tired. It also happens to be, in addition to one of the most addictive substances, it's the most inflammatory food around. And that leads to physical stress in every single part of your body and your mind. High insulin levels also elevate cortisol, which is the main stress hormone. So you hear about all these, all these women are saying they have high cortisol high cortisol levels or adrenal fatigue. Um, It's related to your diet. Take a look at that. Uh, There's no magic pill to change that. You've got to look at the lifestyle that you're leading because those high cortisol levels will lead to muscle breakdown. So you're going to the gym and you're trying to build up the muscle. It's not going to happen and you're just going to get more and more depleted. Not only do those high cortisol levels lead to muscle breakdown, it leads to storage of fat, and it'll also kill your libido. So this isn't so sweet after all, is it? Um, If you really want to feel sexy, alive, engaged, aroused, ready for that time when you meet that special person that has a twinkle in their eye, you know you connect with, and you know there's something special between the two of you, or if you're in a committed relationship and you've got lots of bills and kids and problems and issues and and you're just overwhelmed take a look at your diet cut down on the sugar a lot of people will tell me that they don't actually consume a lot of sugar and then I'll ask them if they drink wine yes well there's sugar in wine sugar stores is fat do you eat fruits oh yes fruit is so good for you they figure they'll eat they'll have 10 fruits a day but fruits have high glycemic index so high sugar content So you really want to have, you know, two fruits a day. You want to choose berries and perhaps an apple. Citrus has high sugar content. Some of the vegetables as well. Carrots, I think it's pretty well known, has a high glycemic index. Kale, which is huge for people today, has a medium glycemic index. So you want to start feeling sexier again, trimmer, better, more stable of your mood, and just uh, approaching life with an emotional response that's not up and down, you want to take a look at your sugar. Anyway, so once your sugar levels are down, 
We're going to bring that fantasy play up. When I return, I'm going to be talking to you about BDSM and how you can bring in some new costumes, perhaps, some new roles, and some new toys, and some alternate play in your bedroom. Because you know what? It can be a lot of fun, especially if your relationship is stale. Or you might meet somebody new, and that may be the way you start out the relationship. And maybe that's why so many people are engaging in infidelity these days. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. I am the host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. And if you're just joining me now, welcome. That's great. If you have been listening to the show, thanks for staying with me because I've pretty much bashed your diet. So there's no Italian food, no wine, no sugar. That's like no donuts, no fabulous wine. I had some beautiful wines this week at the uh, uh, at a dinner associated with the Autonomic Symposium. But of course, I didn't get the names of them. Anyway, uh, I had other things on my mind, but uh, no, fear not, because that's okay. Your diet's going to change, but your life inside the bedroom is going to be way better. So we're going to be talking about, I'm going to be talking about BDSM, which is a variety of erotic practices that involves dominance, submission, role-playing, restraint, um, uh, bondage as I said, dominance, sadomasochism. So there's lots of different ways that this can be played out. Get a load of this. The term BDSM is first dated from 1969. No kidding. Um, So anyway, it's sometimes believed to contain within it that uh, the compound of dominance and submission. Uh, But anyway, we, uh, I digress. So how do you bring, well, you know, I think you have to rethink BDSM uh, as well. You know, so many people talk about vanilla sex, and of course, with the 50 shades of anything we've had this year, if you've had 50 shades, that's fantastic for you, but um, it's it's brought it to the forefront or the front of our minds. A lot of couples want to start exploring BDSM, but they don't want to risk hurting one another. So if you're new to BDSM, there's good reason to hesitate because if you go too far too fast, you may turn somebody off. If you miscommunicate with your lover, you can end up hurting uh, somebody in the relationship. But you also have so much to gain by exploring new parts of your sexuality together. And this is where I think BDSM can play a role in your life. No pun intended. So we want the Coles Notes. We want the Beginner's Guide to... BDSM. Well, it's going to take me a little bit longer (laughs) than you might think. But I talk a lot about fantasy, and fantasy is vital. It's vital to a healthy sex life and a healthy sex drive. And they belong in your erotic imagination. And these can be the most powerful fuel for your sexual arousal, especially if you don't act on some of those fantasies. Because in fantasies, there are no limitations. There are no consequences. The desire is the craving for a real life experience. But if you just stick with fantasy, it can be so amazing and so beautiful. But you may want to go on to desire. So you want to know the difference and understand the difference between your fantasies, which you may run wild, by but being realistic about what you really truly desire in your sex life. So we can talk about this a little bit further. I think I will explore some methods in the upcoming weeks, like the fantasy method, which is an interactive guide to explore those fantasies and naming those authentic desires. But being mindful 
mindful in the moment, thinking about somebody else, perhaps even somebody outside of a committed relationship. That's fine. And that's healthy. And that may actually increase your desire and arousal for the person that you're with. It's more than just love the one you're with. But you also want to become clear about the type of erotic energy that you want to explore with your partner. And that's why communication is key. So exploring these ideas with your partner is really important. So you may want to actually go on a walk and talk about this. Talk about what you want to experience. What are your authentic desires? Become clear about that erotic energy. The erotic energy, it can be explained as the motivation and the intent behind any sexual act. So a kiss, for example. A kiss can be soft, gentle, simple, quick, or it can be rough. It can be rushed. It can be very different. And that all depends on the erotic energy that you bring to it. So when you start exploring some of the more intense sexual acts, and you may want to start with kissing. You may want to go from that gentle kiss to that rough kiss. But then you may want to bring some other things in. And I think spanking is quite common, uh, but bondage may not be. That is the number one fantasy for women, to be lightly tied up. But you really want to be crystal clear about the type of erotic energy that you want to explore and that you want to experience. And you want to make sure that your partner is okay with that. Remember, any type of erotic experience can be tender and sweet, or it can be dominating and raunchy and rough. But if you ask your partner to spank you, for example, you may not get what you want. So you have to be specific about the type of spank that you want, the type of spanking, I should say, that you would like, the type that is going to feel good for you, to you, about you, that is going to enhance your relationship. And this is going to help the two of you, or three of you, if there are three or four, whatever, in the relationship, in the in the moment, at that time, in your or perhaps your monogamy for the moment, so you're monogamous with whomever you are with. Um, but this is going to help. Being specific will help you both relax into your roles, and it's far more likely to lead to the sexual experience that you want. So being clear about your adventures, choosing one adventure at a time, setting boundaries, and going slowly are some of the ways that are also important when you introduce BDSM into your bedroom. So when I return, I'm going to talk about the comfort around just how many adventures you should bring into your bedroom and what ideas, what your ideas, and if they're normal, and having your conversation be part of the foreplay. But you know what? Setting boundaries is key, and I'm all about setting limits and boundaries. I'm Maureen McGrath. When I return, we're going to explore a little bit more your erotic adventures. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Thanks for hanging with me. (laughs) We're talking about BDSM. You know, you may think, oh, I'm turning her off. That's it. But it's about an option for you. It's about an option for somebody you may know. It's just a choice. It's your choice. I'm not condoning this. I'm not saying you should do this. Should is not a word in my dictionary, except when I say you should not tell anyone else what they should or should not do. That's the only time I say it. We need to be empowered. We need to make our own decisions. We need to be comfortable with what we are doing at every 
stage of our life. Wouldn't that be nice and wouldn't that be a perfect world? It doesn't happen. I know that. But if we can get to that place, no judgment, no shame. These are things you can't talk about with your friends sometimes, or maybe some of them. In adult lifestyles, they are very open about this, and um, it's, it's quite a different world. And you may get to that sometime down the road, or you may get to that fairly soon. But BDSM, as, we were, as I was saying earlier, is a variety of erotic sex practices that involve dominance and submission, role-playing, restraint. There's a wide range of practice, some which may be engaged in by people who do not consider themselves, quite honestly, as practicing BDSM. So there is a whole BDSM community or subculture. What I'm talking to you today about really is around how you can perhaps bring a few of these and choose what you like. Maybe you like one or maybe you like four of my ideas or maybe you don't like any and that's fine too. But if you want to spice up your relationship, try something different or if there's somebody new that you've met and you're more comfortable with them because you both have asked that question, is this all there is? And then you found somebody who asked the same question and you met on an emotional level, on a physical level, and you're both far more comfortable with trying out some new things. Or if that's the way it is in your committed relationship, you both want to explore a little bit more, you may want to bring a little bit of BDSM into your bedroom. So many people who are new to BDSM go the full gamut full-on dress-up, whips, chains, they're tying each other up, they're hanging from the rafters. <laughs> but that may not work. It makes it hard to figure out what you like and what you want and what you don't want. So my suggestion is that you incorporate one new element at a time so you can be very clear about what worked and what didn't. And I often say this to patients in my clinical practice if they're having sexual health issues. I may have four or five different treatment options for them. And But I'll say, try one at a time. Try one for two weeks. See if that works. Then add the other so you know what's working. Or even if a medication you're taking, if you're taking three medications or something, you don't know which one is helping you. So by the same token, we want to introduce that idea and that strategy with BDSM. So really, one new act, one new way, one new outfit, one new something uh, is the way to go, or is one way to go. If you're somebody who you go 100% or you don't go at all, well, that's fine as well. You make the choice. That's what's most important. You may want to bring in some verbal discipline because that a lot of chief executive officers who are in power positions all day, I hear from some of the ladies in the cage, some of the doms, they'll say they want to be submissive because they're exhausted from being the boss, if you will. So orgasm control is another way to bring in BDSM. You may not even realize if you do orgasm control, and a lot of men will practice that around premature ejaculation, you know, we could call that BDSM. So you may already be doing it, and uh, that might make you more comfortable to do it just a little bit more. But each element adds a new layer of, of excitement and risk, and so that can increase the pleasure as well. You Keep in mind you're building your cache of erotic adventures, things that you're comfortable with. So you may be, have engaged with one person. You may have ended that relationship and on to somebody else, and you know you've got experience in what you have done. So choosing one 
one adventure at a time may be an option for you. Setting boundaries is really important and perhaps the most important. It's essential to set clear boundaries each time you explore BDSM with a new partner or an old partner or whomever you are exploring this with. You both need to know what will happen and what will not happen. Often people have a code word or a safe word. So establish that safe word. It can be vodka, whatever. Uh, (laughs) It can be wine. Since I've cut out the wine, choose wine. Um, It's much easier to relax. I've cut out the wine for you, by the way. Um, It's much easier to relax into new sensations and surrender if you're not worried about that trust or what's going to be coming next. If you feel you can't trust somebody, and trust is really important in BDSM relationships. So if you're going to try out erotic spanking, for example, because that's a pretty common practice, be sure to be clear about what other activities you are open to. Do you want sexual stimulation for a sexual stimulation prior to, for example? Do you want that during or after? When do you want that? Is hair pulling okay? Is there anything that you want off limits? Do you want to be called by a particular name? What do you want to hear as you're being spanked? Do you want to hear nothing or do you want to hear uh, your name or a pet name? So set clear boundaries and stick to them. Have the confidence, in fact, to stick to them. Confidence is the sexiest thing out there. You can always renegotiate the next time. Just like you can renegotiate a contract, a business contract, you can renegotiate your BDSM practices. But if you stay together with your agreed-upon contract, you build trust. And trust is key in any relationship. The other thing, if you're new to BDSM, you you may want to. You may not. I don't know. I don't know you. Uh, but you may want to go slowly because there's always the temptation to, to try really heavy sensation. But, you know, who does things slowly these days? Nobody slows down. We're in a fast-paced world, and, you know, that's, that's what it's about in the bedroom sometime. But by building intensity slowly, there's much less of a chance that somebody will get hurt, and that's what this is all about. So no matter what activity you're exploring, slow way down. Be mindful. Pay attention to every single step all along the way. So it's way better to end a session wanting more than do too much too quickly. I always like it when I I give a lot of presentations, and this is presentation season for me. I'm speaking all over, and I'll let you know in the next segment. But I love it when people say, Maureen McGrath left us wanting more, because that's how you also want to leave people once you've spent time in the bedroom with them with these BDSM practices. Being gentle is key as well, or just knowing how much somebody else can take. Anyway, when I come back, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be leaving people wanting more. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. Uh, Well, coming to the end of the show, which is always uh, tough, especially if the sex has been great. So hopefully you've learned a few things tonight. Hopefully I haven't been too much of a Debbie Downer. Well, perhaps I have been, and you might like that. Uh, No, but I've cut out the sugar, the pasta. Doesn't mean you can never eat those. It just means anything in moderation. So don't overdo it on the sugar because it may zap your sex drive. Also, if you have low sexual desire, keep in mind that vaginal health is key. A lot of women experience vaginal dryness that will lead to painful sex. Men or women do not want to have sex with somebody who they are inflicting pain on unintentionally. And I know we talked about BDSM tonight as well. So keeping your vaginal tissues moist 
is vital. And uh, in fact, I actually made the statement, I can't be held responsible for some of the things I say, I, I will say. And at one of the talks that I gave recently, I said, it is just as important to moisturize your vagina as it is your face. Well, somebody lommed onto that statement and they put it on cards, business cards or little tear-offs uh, all across the country. And that got quite a response at the International Symposium this week. But when you put it that way, it, it makes sense. And in fact, it's probably more important that you moisturize your vagina because lubrication is key and also moisturization is uh integral to arousal, sexual excitement, and experiencing orgasm. So there's personal moisturizers available. Uh, Repigyne is one of them. It's an ovule that's inserted into the vagina for about a week and then twice a week for the rest of your life. Low-dose estrogen is also another option. During intercourse, you may try a lubricant like V-Love, which I'm sure you've heard the V-Love commercials about sexual desire. Anyway, lots of talks coming up, talking about all of these taboo subjects. They don't really let me talk about BDSM at the, the little professional uh, conferences that I do, the scientific ones. Uh, I don't know why. It's way more fun. But um, I am speaking this week up in Whistler at the BC Care Providers Association. It's a sold-out event. And I'm going to be speaking about coming out of the water closet uh, and things that you can do to decrease overactive bladder, especially in care homes or um, in senior citizens. We're also going to be launching an online uh, app to help to diagnose and treat these issues. Next Thursday, on the 27th of May, I'm going to be at Loblaws on Lonsdale in North Vancouver at 7 o'clock. So do register. Go to entertopia.com to register. I'm talking about uh, the best years of your life through intimacy and sexual desire because those are two important ingredients that we sometimes, as women, forget about. And we put other things on the front burner. So do come out to that. Uh, V-Love is available at uh, Loblaws on Lonsdale, and it's going to be available at other retailers coming up really soon. So stay tuned for that. Also, next week, I'm going to be talking uh, at the Every Woman BC conference. We're going to be talking about perimenopause and menopause and sexuality and intimacy, arousal, sexual desire, all those fun things. I'll have some sex toys for you. It's important to use a water-based lubricant with sex toys, so keep that in mind as well. So the V-Love, which is sexual desire gel and lubricant, can be used with all of your sex toys that you would like um, to play with and those can be awfully fun couples vibes it's never too old to start using a vibrator if you're in a committed relationship it's fine to use a vibrator it doesn't replace your partner so don't let anybody tell you that i am also speaking out at maple ridge at a seniors uh community center imagine that um, sex as seniors. But you know what? I had a patient this week who said to me, look at me, Maureen. Well, I never get a yes or no when I ask people if they're sexually active, especially from women. Men, yes. They brag, they boast, they tell me how much, they tell me how great they are. They, women, you ask them and they minimize and they, you know, say yes or no, or I don't know, or maybe, or you, I suppose you could say that. So they never say yes or no. So this lady, she was 80 years old and she told me, she said, um, well, I suppose you could say it. You know, it's, it's, it's every now and again. She said, but really, half the time I'm saying to him, would you wake me up for that for? Um, but then at the end of the uh, visit, she said to me, well, look at me. I'm 80 and I'm still sexually active. So uh, sex never ends for people. And it's, it's, a, it's a health benefit. And it's one of the most natural ones. Uh, what I didn't review was, um, you know, tonight, but I'll have to get to it next week, is why... Um, cutting out sugar and having a plant-based diet is good for your arteries. It actually uh, releases a, um, 
a substance that will vasodilate your blood vessels. So remind me, next week I'm going to talk about that. But so I'm out in Maple Ridge. I think that's on June 10th. I'm really excited about getting into full cowgirl mode at the Cloverdale Rodeo. That's on June 27th. June 26th, I'm at Cloverdale Pharmasave. I'm sure I've missed a couple, but, you know, you'll hear me. I I said to somebody, this is my speaking season, and they said, uh, do you ever actually stop talking? (laughs) You mean you have a season? Anyway, I do when I'm sleeping at night. I don't speak generally. And that's it. Otherwise, i uh, love to come to the airwaves every Sunday night at 8 o'clock here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show to talk to you about those important issues that affect your life. You can always go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. You can follow me on Twitter at Back the Number 2 The Bedroom. Keep in mind, I blog about vaginal health twice a week. It'll be there on a Monday and a Friday, so go and look for it. And also, sexuality and intimacy twice a week as well. So, yes, when I'm writing, I'm not talking generally. If I am, I'm talking to myself. Anyway, remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance and don't judge anybody because when we judge, we have shame. Be grateful, have gratitude in your heart, you'll have way less resentment. As usual, it has been my absolute pleasure being here with you tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Have a sexually healthy week.